Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. successfully in your life is if you let him. I need you to realize the punk in the equation ain't you. Say, it's the devil and he's defeated already. I want to preach for a moment and teach you from a moment from this thought. The devil is in the details. The devil is in the details. Father, customize, tell him make this word. While we're open, I pray that this word would get deep down on the inside of everybody under the sound of my voice. I rebuke any witchcraft, any rebellion, any spirit that would oppose the flow of this word to your people. And I declare that when they get this revelation tonight, they would recognize that they have been running from an enemy they should not be. They have been afraid of an enemy they should not be. And Father, tonight we're going to expose him and expose that you've already destroyed his works. Let him who was stolen still finish it for me no longer. And we declare that it is so in Jesus' name. I need you release one more Shabbat in here. That's a loud shout. Hey! 
You can be seated. Uh, we're in this series called Taboo Topics, which is something that's typically not talked about. And someday's Taboo Topic was about who most Christians spend a lot of their time talking about. It's the devil. And what's taboo about it is that the mainstream concept of the devil is not biblically accurate. I'm here to tell you, you've been hoodwinked, you've been bamboozled, you've been sold a bill of goods. There is no God versus the devil. That's not Bible. That's Greek mythology. God has no enemies because God has no equals. See, some of you have been giving people too much credit. What do you mean, Bishop? You've been calling them your enemy, not even realize they're not on your level. Which means for you to be my enemy, you'd have to be on my level. Other than that, I'm not dealing with my equal, so I'm not dealing with my enemy. I need you to realize that you are not seated the same place everybody else you know is seated. Where am I seated, Bishop? The Bible says that he's seated, you and I, in heavenly places. Which means whatever's going on down here, I'm already above that. Whatever's going on with your family, I'm already above that. Whatever's going on on your job, you're already above that. Now, watch this. It is, it is taboo because the mainstream concept isn't biblically accurate. We've given credit, y'all, to an enemy that isn't due. Tonight, I want to go further using a popular saying, the devil is in the, the devil is in the, here's what that means. It means the details of the subject present the problems to be solved. It means that the details are where the problems are. Can I tell you that your issue isn't your door, it's your hinges. Can I tell you the issue isn't your car, it's your tires. Y'all not getting there. Can I tell you, the issue isn't your house, it's your pipes. You're going to catch it in a minute. The issue that you often think is your issue ain't the issue. It is the details where the enemy now sneaks in and where he now wreaks havoc in your life. But I think you're sitting next to somebody tonight that has made up a decision in your life that that was then, but this is now. Let him who stole steal no longer. Say no longer. Now, I gave you these points on Sunday. One, the devil isn't all-powerful. Say, he's not all-powerful. The, the notion that there's a battle between God and Satan isn't Bible. It's Greek mythology. Zeus was the god of the heavens, and uh, say, uh, uh, Hades was the god of the underworld. This, uh, this concept pervaded uh, throughout Christianity for the last two millennia. So consequently, people thought that there's God up here and the devil down here, and then we're stuck in between, and there's this battle. Can we go further? There is this notion that you got God on one shoulder and the devil on the other shoulder, and what you're doing is you are, in fact, insulting. God. Why? Because you're making his creation equal to the creator. Your God cannot be compared to anything that is because everything that is he created. You missed what I just said. God cannot be compared to something that he made because everything that is made he made it in the first place. I need you to touch somebody and say my God is huge. He's the God that stepped into nothing and created everything. He's the God that spoke to nothing and made things appear. He's the God that thought it, said it, then saw it. He ain't somebody to be played with. Now watch this. The reality is that the devil is our enemy. Watch this. Watch this. We learned this on Sunday. Say he's our enemy. Now, uh, God... To have an enemy would need to have an equal. And we learned on Sunday that the enemy, the devil, the devil is synonymous with Satan. Uh, those terms are synonymous. That there's three things he has to do. Say he's not all powerful. Number one, he needs permission. He has to go ask God to mess with you. You have to ask yourself the question, why would God say yes? God would say yes, number one, because you're hard-headed. Or number two, because he's about to bless you big. Hmm. 
It's either one of the two. One, you're hard-headed, so he needs you to get slapped around a little bit so that you learn how to eat the cake anime. Or number two, watch this. Or number two, you watch this. Or number two, it is that he wants to bless you big. Now, I don't mean that when I say slap you in a negative way. I'm not saying that you're supposed to suffer abuse or that you're supposed to go through negative situations. What I'm saying is that sometimes God knows that without an enemy, you will not yield. Without an enemy, you won't pray. Without an enemy, you won't worship. Without an enemy, you won't give. Without an enemy, you won't shout. Without an enemy, you won't pray. Can I tell you what pushes most people's praise? Watch this. is what they're dealing with. But I dare you to graduate to a place to where you say, I don't need to be dealing with an issue to give God praise. I don't need to be dealing with pain to give him praise. I don't need to get a negative report to give him praise. This next praise ain't for everybody, but for those who say, I don't need a problem in order to praise him. Would you just worship him in spirit and truth? There. Shout, I don't need a problem to praise him. You know your praise is mature when you just sit back and think. You know your praise and your worship is mature when you can look at somebody else going through something and say, Father, forgive me for complaining, forgive me for being angry, forgive me for being mad, forgive me for thinking that it could. Well, he needs permission. Sometimes you're, you're hard-headed. You don't listen. So he says, go get them so that they listen. Sick them. Number two, he says, listen, I'm about to bless them. They've already paid the price. I'm going to use you to position them for something, watch this, that I promised them. Can we go Bible? Job. Job didn't do anything wrong specifically as it related to sin. Bible says, God says he's blameless. There's nobody like him. But God says, have you considered him? Why would God offer up Job for trouble? Why? Because he could trust him. And he knew, I can trust Job with trouble. Job's going to go through some rough days. But if you read the end of Job, he says, and the Lord restored and gave Job double. Which means from Jump Street, God says, son, don't lose your head. Son, don't give up. Son, between now and, and, and about 40 chapters later, you're going to feel like throwing in the town. You're going to feel like cussing everybody out. You're going to feel like saying, I can't take no more. He says, but son, do not give up. Why? Because at the end of the book, I'm going to give you double. Let's go old school. For your trouble. I need somebody in here not to lose your head now. Why? Because if you keep on walking and get to the end of the story, God says, I'm going to get the Glory. Satan has to get permission. Here's the second thing Satan has. He has parameters. There's only certain things you can do. There's certain things God told him, and, and we looked at this on Sunday. He said, you can do all of this, but don't touch Job's body. He says, you have parameters. There's certain things I won't let you touch. So the question becomes, why would God allow him to touch anything in the first place? He allows him to touch what he needs to test. Shut up. He allows him to touch what he wants to test. See, the reason that, watch this, he's allowed to touch Job as it relates to his children is because Job's children were, in fact, an idol of sorts. The Bible says that Job sacrificed for his children daily, even though they didn't do right. Watch me. Sometimes you can become an idol for people because you're constantly covering when they need to be exposed. Sometimes you become an idol because you're constantly coddling them and babying them when you need to throw them in the pool and say, swim, and you better not drown. 
I need you to watch this to realize that the people that really love you are the people that push you and say, you better not give up, and I don't care how much pain you're in. You better make it happen. I dare you to act like you're old school Southern mama and look at somebody and say, you better make it happen. You better make you better make it happen. You got too much good in you for you to go out like this. You've got too much great in you for you to go down like this. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's got parameters. God allows him to touch what he wants to test. Next, he's got, uh, uh, he's a pawn. Say he's a pawn. He's a pawn to make God's people better. So one, he has to get permission. Two, he has parameters. Three, he's a pawn. God says, I'm playing chess. Here's what's amazing. You ready? God plays chess with himself. God will sit on one side and make a move. Then he'll get on the other side and make another move. And God says, but what you don't understand is I'm making moves on both sides. Yeah. Bishop, what do you mean? See, Isaiah 45, 5. I am the Lord and there is no other. I am the Lord and there is no other other. He says, beside me there is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me. Equip you, say, say he gives me power. He says, listen, you need to know that even though you didn't know I was the one giving you power, I was the one giving you power. You need to know that wasn't your femininity that did that. That was my divinity that did that. That wasn't your masculinity that did that. That was my divinity that did that. Y'all ain't talking to me. That wasn't your education that did that. Truth be told, you were asleep for half the classes. That, that wasn't who you know in the office because truth be told, they don't like you know how. God says, that was me giving you power. Somebody says, I got power. All right, let's go to the next verse though. Let's go to the next verse. He says, uh, I equip you though you don't know me. He says, that the people may know from the rising of the sun from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. Go to the next verse. Go to the next verse and watch what it says. Say, he is the Lord. There is no other. Watch this verse. It's about to rock your world. I form light and create darkness. Stop. Light is the, uh, uh, the knowledge of God. Darkness is the lack of the knowledge of God. Let's just make it simple. Light is when it's good. Dark is when it's bad. Who makes them both? God does. If God does it, that means the reason I'm not worried is because if I'm dealing with something dark, he knew I needed it. If I'm dealing with something stressful, he knew I needed it. If I'm dealing with something that's working my last nerve, he knew I needed it. If I'm dealing with something that's challenging, somebody say, he knew I needed it. I form light and create darkness, not the devil. He has to get permission for me to go do it. This is why you shouldn't be tripping. Touch your neighbor and say, stop tripping. If he's a good, good father and he loves you. Can we, let me tell you something about fathers. Let me tell you something about fathers. Many people don't get this. We have a culture that does not understand fathers. What they want, it, it, I mean, they like the concept of baby daddy. They don't want a father, though. Because, see, what a father does is a father, watch this, is a father recognizes, watch this, that sometimes the solution is you, your struggle. Sometimes the solution is not sweeping in to save you. Sometimes it's standing there watching you and saying, son, swim, son. You got this. When Peter, when Peter, Jesus says to Peter, he says, um, Satan asks to shift you like wheat. And you think as a good father, Jesus would be like, I told him no, son. But he's a good, good father. Say a good, good father. Father means life giver. So he says, son, for you to be able to live once I'm gone, for you to be able to live when I'm not here, I need you to go through this sifting because this sifting is going to give you strength. 
Say, my sifting's giving me strength. Oh, you didn't say it like you mean it. Say, my sifting's giving me strength. He says, I make, I want you to read this with me. I make what? Well-being. And create what? Calamity. Stop saying the devil is busy. God is busy. <sighs> Stop talking about what the devil is doing. God just told you, I make it good. And when it gets crazy, I blew. Why? I needed to get some folk from up around you. What's a storm? Wind? Rain? Lightning? Thunder? God says, I blew to get some stuff up off of you. I need you to take three seconds and thank God for the stuff he blew up off of you. Go! Watch. I am the Lord who does what? All these things. Now that's deep, right? Because if you grew up in church, this just messed up what you spent most of your time talking about. And the devil is doing all this. And God is like, really? God says, he had to ask me. And you never stop to ask, why would I say yes? You never stop to ask, why did I let it mess with that and not that? Shut your mouth. Can I tell you, the Lord lets the devil attack. What he knows is what's going to make you, watch this, succeed. When you see where you're attacked, you need to say, that's where my gold is. Mm, 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 mm. When you see where you're attacked, you need to say, that's where my money is right there. That's what's going to take me to a whole other tax bracket right there. That's what, that's what my assignment is. I'm only afflicted because I'm gifted. And when I see where I'm afflicted, I discover how I'm gifted. Some of you, the reason why you're always up under emotional stuff is because if you ever have a whole week in your right mind, you're going to create something that's going to shake the world. If you ever have a week where you ain't sitting here going up and down and up and down and up and down, he knows you're going to do something that's going to shake the world. See, see, watch this. If it's always an issue in your relationship, one, you, you picked wrong, or two, that's a very real possibility. Y'all need to stop saying that the devil is doing that. What God has joined together, let no man put us under. Put us under. Who put it together? Whatever put it together. No, he doesn't put everything together. See, only what he puts together does he promise to protect. Only what he puts together does he promise to preserve. If he ain't put it together, he's like, that's on y'all. Or number two, he knows that if you ever feel peace when you go home, If you ever go home and say, I couldn't wait to get here, and you didn't circle around the block twice, y'all ain't talking to me. He knew that if you got peace in your home, your family would come together and do something incredible. And um, I need some of y'all to go get some anointing oil after church out that harvest store and go home and anoint every room and tell the devil, you got to get up out of here because there's something powerful when we come together. You hear? Now, number two, we learned on Sunday, the devil is disarmed and defeated. Colossians 2.15, having disarmed, say he took the weapons. Say again, say he took the weapons. All right, uh, come here, Lord Director. 
right? This is your weapon right here. Your walkie-talkie while the main system is in repair. Come. Now, I took away her ability to communicate. I took away her ability to get help fast. I took away her ability to communicate an issue. I took away her ability to communicate a problem. I just disarmed her, which means right now she's a sitting duck because I took what, what weapons she had. What did God do to the devil? He said, I'm going to need that up off you. What? Your weapons. What are your weapons? Your accusations. I'm going to need what you use against them. I'm going to need that from you. So that now when they pray to me, they won't be praying with guilt, shame, and condemnation. They will be praying as the righteousness of God. He literally took the devil's weapon and said, what you going to do now, partner? I love God because God, if you read your Bible, thank you. If you read your Bible, God was often into battles. God liked fights. Shut your mouth. Ooh, for every former thug, current thug, and, con and thug in consideration. You'll like the God of the Bible. Why? Because he likes a good fight. He told Joshua, go beat their head in. Take everything they got and come give me the glory up after that. Joshua rolled in like, let's go, let's go. Joshua took down five kings. I need you to watch this, not think that you're more of a Christian because you're scared to fight. I need you to not think that you're more of a Christian because you're scared to have a confrontation. I need you not to think that you're more of a Christian because you won't tell people the truth that they need to hear because you think being a Christian means you're whack and weak. He disarmed. He took the weapons. God likes fights. And he likes fixed fights. He likes a fight where he takes your enemy's weapon and says, now y'all go at it. But I leave them with their weapons. What's their weapon? Their praise. What's their weapon? Their worship. What's their weapon? Their prayer. They got a weapon with you. Watch this. But I took your weapon from you. Disarm the rulers and authorities uh, and principalities that where it says in New King James Version and put them to open shame, triumphing over them in it. Say the devil is disarmed and defeated. Here's the last thing I told you on Sunday. The devil is a detective. At the 915, he was the Pink Panther. At the 1115, he was Inspector Gadget. Worked out well. Watch. First Peter 5, 8. You ready? Be sober. Keep your mind. Let me look at me. You are going to have to fight to keep your mind right. Because your mind is going to play tricks on you. You're going to hear what wasn't said. You're going to think what wasn't done. You're going to believe what is crazy. Y'all not talking to me. First Peter 5, 8, it says, be sober-minded. I got to keep my mind right. And I'm telling you, it's literally a minute-by-minute minute fight. Because some of y'all watch this. At 7, you was good. At 7.30, something popped in your head. Some of y'all ain't been focused on this word since I started. I rebuke your distraction in your head right now. Say, the mind of Christ be in me. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Somebody say, watch. Um, anybody grow up in the South? Okay. In the evening time right now in the South, let me tell you what's going on right now, in, all in the South, right now, literally. Even for those who are watching us digitally, let me tell you what's going on. There's some folks sitting on the porch. 
right now. They are sitting on the porch. They got the, they got the screen door. And the main door is open, but the screen door is shut. The AC's on in the house. And they fanning out how they are outside on the porch. You know what they're doing? They're watching. It was so great because I hadn't been in Memphis in 11 years. And while I was in Memphis, it was so good because I drove through it. I was like, there they go. There we go, all on the porches. And they see a new car in the neighborhood, so they... You're going to catch it in a minute. They were watching to see what changed. I need you to understand that the Bible says be watchful. Some of y'all are looking, but you ain't paying attention because you haven't seen what changed. You need to notice when people change how they talk, change how they walk, change what they do. Tell your neighbor, say, pay attention, please. You need to pay attention to what agitates you, to what irritates you. You need to pay attention to what the enemy has used against you successfully for the last decades of your life. You literally need to sit on the porch, fan out hot air, and watch. Because a lot of stuff wouldn't surprise you if you were watchful. You're only shocked and surprised because you weren't watching. Your adversary. Who's, whose adversary is he? Our adversary. Who, what's it, what does the Bible call him right here? The devil prowls around like a roaring lion. Remember we said he walks around you like he's a detective. Say, roaring lion. lion. Here's what a a lion's roar will do. Everybody just, I know it's cheesy, but do it, please. Would you give me your best roar? Go. Some of y'all are cats, and I don't like cats. I said lions. I do not like cats. Don't bring me no cat. Can Can you give me your best? I want no cat. I want a lion. Bishop, it is a cat. It's a big cat. Can you give me your best roar? Go. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take, I'll take it. What is that designed to do? To startle you. So that you do what? Drop what's in your hands. What is it designed to do? To startle you. So that you drop what's in your hands. You're not hearing me. What is it designed to do? Startle you. So that you what? Drop what's in your hands. What's in your hands? What you were working on. What you were constructing. What you were building. What you were saying. I'm not going to be the same me. This year as I was last year. Then he. He roars up on you. And then. And so now when you dropped it, you broke it. And now that you broke it, you don't know how to fix it. Say, but he ain't stealing no more. I need you to say it like you are like one of Joshua's guys and they about to take some heads off. Say, he ain't stealing no more. more. Watch. Seeking someone to devour, which means Wednesday, he can't devour everybody. This is why some people are always going through You ever met people who are always under attack? Do you ever get a free day? Nah, dog, I mean, (laughs) the devil put in a whole week on you like you. He got you Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And here's what you need to understand. It's because he realizes you're easy prey. 
ain't finna go after somebody. I ain't finna go after somebody that's gonna fight me. Why? Well, who does that? I want to go after the easy prey. That all I have to do is I ain't even got to roar. I just be like, and you scared of his look. Lay your hands on yourself. Say your first name. Say the warrior in me is growing. Say the gladiator in me is growing. He can't get everybody. Let me check the room. Are you one of them? He can't get everybody. Somebody say, I'm one of them. He can't get everybody. He, he can't get everybody. That's why there are some people, watch this. Where, watch this. The only time he shows up is when God's about to put something big in your hand. Because you're like, I can't even get you. I literally have thrown everything I can throw at you, and you keep getting up. I literally have messed with everything I could mess with, and you won't stop. You can't stop. You won't die. You a true soldier. No, 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 no. I changed the lyrics around. Somebody shout, no limit. All right, leave it alone. Uh, this is not the 1115. What are y'all doing? This is. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Here's what this will do for you. I got to move quickly. It will attract people to you who are weak. Who want to siphon your strength. And you got to be careful that you're not so busy solving their issues that you're depleted of strength to conquer your own. I need everybody who's been carrying somebody else's burden to throw your hands up and say, but no more, but no more. It is not your responsibility to carry the problems of grown people. It is not your responsibility to carry the burdens of other people. Parents, it is not your job to keep raising your grown kids. It is not. I need you to let go. Somebody say, I let go. Watch. Every detective has designs to achieve their goal. Watch this, which is why 2 Corinthians 2.11 says this, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan. 2 Corinthians 2.11, for we are not ignorant. Touch the neighbor and say, don't be ignorant. The ignorant is the southern way to say ignorant. Ooh, but it's a whole lot of ignorant Christians. Show you. So, so, but, but just make this declaration and say, not me. So we're not ignorant. Watch this. Of his designs. Watch this. Satan literally, because he studied you, he literally, he literally, he literally will design something. Specifically, give me some of this here. Let me have a clipboard. Let me get some pens. Some paperwork. This is good. To set me up a whole design. All right, watch me. Say, I cannot be ignorant to his designs. He literally says, I've been studying you. And I know that you're hyper-emotional, hypersensitive, although you like to play strong. You, you hurt very easily. 
you offend easily. You've had five jobs, and all the jobs have been the boss's fault. Your whole family hates you. No matter on your job like you. Even your cat don't like you. I can't stand cats. So he says, I've been working on something just for you. I've been working on something. I designed it just for you. I know you frustrate easily. And when you frustrate and I roar, you drop what's in your hands. So you got frustrated because you didn't see the pens and the pencils where you thought they would be. You didn't see the help, the support that you thought where it thought it would be. But that's only because I knew that you weren't going to take the time to move the calculator to see that what you wanted was there in the first place. Let me back this thing up so that we all get it. He says, I designed something for you. I knew that you were feeling lonely. And when you feel lonely, you tend to respond like your mother. When you feel lonely, you, you tend to respond like your father. And although you have issues with them, the truth is, is you are them. Because your desire not to be them has made you focus on them, which consequently has made you into them. And so I know that whenever you get lonely, give me your phone. All I got to do, unlock your phone. <laughs> While you getting ready to get off work, I know you're feeling so discouraged, and I know you're feeling so mad, and I know you made a promise to God you were going to be pure, but you just be so lonely. So I know what to do to you. I've been designing it. I saw you break a tear in the car today. Now, I need you to get this because this is how it works. I saw you. I saw you. I saw you shake your head in disgust. And I didn't know what you were thinking because I don't know what you're thinking. I have to study what you do and what you say. So then when I heard you say, I just feel all alone, I said, I'm about to call Tyrone. And so now, the phone is ringing. And you already know what the call is about. You look at it. It's still ringing. Then it stops ringing. And you think, thank you, Jesus. But because the devil knows you lack self-discipline. He has the phone. Ring again. And this time you say, it might be an emergency. (laughs) 
You never know what people are going through. They might need prayer. Hello. What's going on with you? Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I saw you call twice. Is it an emergency? Oh. Oh, tonight? Well, I got church tonight, but after church. Touch your neighbor, say, don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. you wouldn't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Look at the neighbor and say, he has a design. So, 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 he has a design. So, I need you to literally see this, and then I got to close this message. Luke 22, 3 through 4. Satan sows, he sits, then he sees. He sows, he sits, he sees. He sows, he sits, he sees. Let's look at it in the Bible. Luke 22, 3. Then Satan entered Judas. This means a thought entered his mind through a conversation. The first thing Satan does is get you to have a conversation. With somebody else or with yourself? Say conversation. He literally, Satan entered Judas through a conversation. Thoughts entered Judas' mind because of a conversation that he had. You got to be careful who you talk to. I, I really wish y'all took me serious when I said that. Because you sometimes, you, 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 you do not understand you are literally talking to who's about to take you out. And because they're your blood, you don't think that they could be the one. Who entered Judas? Satan did. Which means he hitched a ride through a conversation. Watch. And then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. He was close to Jesus, but he still was susceptible being sown into. I don't need you to think because you pray in tongues you ain't susceptible. I need you to think not because you come to church that you're not susceptible. In fact, you're most susceptible because the enemy could be right next to you not even know it. He cloaks himself in spirituality. He says, then Satan entered Judas, a conversation. So he sowed. Say he sowed a conversation. He was next to Jesus, but he was still susceptible. Verse 4. So he went his way. That means he started doing things his way, not God's way. So that means now Satan sits back. He's patient, guys. He's more patient than we are, which is why oftentimes he wins because he outlasts us. See, by the time you done dropped it, he's just sitting there waiting because he says, I got eternity. I'll come back. I'll come back and see if you can handle this pressure for two more months. I'll see if you can handle this pressure for four more months. I'll see if you can handle this pressure for six more months. He says, because you're real strong now. I'll come back. Let me have a conversation with you, though. You really think it takes all that? Let me just sow it. You really think you have to do all of that? Let me sow it. And once I sow it, I'm going to walk away. I'm going to sit back and watch. He sows. He sits. So Judas went his way. And watch what he does. He confers with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him. Then Satan sees. He sees what you do after he sows into you. He was Because he doesn't know what you think. He has to study what we do and listen to what we say. I need you to hear me. The devil has no ability to get in your head. 
The only one who has the ability to know your thoughts is God. Say the only one. That's good news. He sows, he sits, he sees. And then once he sees Judas go over and confer with them about how to betray Jesus, he's like, gotcha. This worked. You're really going to betray this man. You're really going to do this to him. I thought you were the weak link, but I thought I could have got Peter. He's a loudmouth thug. Thought I could have got Thomas. He's a know-nothing know-it-all. He says, but the smart one? The CFO? You know, Christopher Williams in New Jack City? That one? He says, you're going to do this. You're really going to do this. Gotcha. Then he harvests. You missed it. I slowed it down because I need to get it. He sows. Then he sits. Then he sees. Then he harvests. What's the harvest? Who killed Judas? Himself. Who bankrupt Judas? Himself. You're missing it. I slowed it down, but I need to speed it up because I'm out of time. Who took Judas's life? He did. You're missing it. You're missing it. Who bankrupt Judas? Himself. Y'all ain't hearing me today. Come on, digital campuses, chat right there. Let me know you got it. Who took Judas's life? Himself. What did Satan do? He sowed. He sat. Then he saw what he did. And then Judas dropped what was in his hands. And what he dropped was his own life. What he dropped was his own finances. Oh, y'all ready to go? We're about to go there. What he dropped was everything he'd worked for his whole life. What he dropped was everything he'd prayed for his whole life. What he dropped was everything that he had asked God for. Y'all not talking to me. What he dropped was everything that he had to fight through hell to get in the first place. But here's what I need you to know. Somebody say, it gets good. Let me, but before it gets good, we're going to shout. But here, here, are his, here are his details. Here are his designs. Here are his devices. One is accusations against you or against other people. He will get you to turn on your help. So then once he's got you with no help, he takes you out. Number two, accursed things. These are things that you bring into your home. Watch this. That have a spiritual attachment. Music, relationships, gossip, photos, possession, memories, attitudes, approach, something that's not yours, unjust gain, stolen property. It's quiet in the church. First accusations. What's number two? A curse thing. Here's number three. Addictions. An addiction is the continued repetition of a behavior despite the adverse consequences. Drugs. Alcohol. Watch this. You're like, Bishop, I haven't drank in four days. Watch. I have conquered this. Come on here. And you better celebrate four days. Just a neighbor say, celebrate progress. I need to pause for the cause. You may not be where you want to be, but is there anybody that can thank God that you're not where you used to be? 
All right, let me quit. Watch this. Being a victim, you're addicted to attention. And if people aren't paying you attention, you create a story. You make something up. You're like an Instagram, I won't say that word, it's not Fifth Sunday. It ends with an E. Starts with a W. Um, watch this. Hatred. You hate people. Why? You're addicted to control. So your hatred is your way of controlling them. Anybody, anybody you talk to, you want to tell your story about somebody. Somebody said, cut it out. <laughs> is it that good to you? Is it that good to you? <laughs> Watch this. You ready? Here's another addiction. Taking on people as projects. It's like the Matrix. What's your addiction? Being needed. If nobody needs you, you don't know what to do. You are addicted to being needed. And you complain about their, their need of you, but the truth is, is their need of you is what fuels you. When they ain't calling you, like, then when they call you and you're with somebody, but the truth is, is that call just made you feel valuable. You can be addicted to depression. Watch this. Addicted to being average. You're addicted to it's good, it's cool, I'm good, everything's fine. Wherever you're addicted to average, you are literally in poverty. You can have a million dollars in the bank, but because you're addicted to average, you're in poverty. Why? Because poverty is not a state of being, it's a state of mind. Yee! Poverty says where I'm at is the highest I can go. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. So, so check this out, check this out, check this out, check this out. His, his, his devices, his designs, one accusation. You need to ask yourself the question, how is it that you think the same thing about everybody and it's never you? I need you to mature, seriously. I need you, I need touch your name and say, please grow up today. I need you to stop always thinking it's everybody else. Okay, accursed things. What have you brought around you? I did a whole series on that. Message on that, got it? What music do you listen to that literally opens you up? Addictions. Keep pushing. Addictions. What are you addicted to? 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 What are you addicted? Are you addicted to struggle? I literally have met people. I literally have met people, I literally have met people that if they're not struggling, they create a problem because they don't know how to live absent a struggle. If things are great in their marriage, they find something. Good morning. Kids got their room clean, their house clean, everything good, everything where it's supposed to be, money in the bank, cars in the front yard, putting God first tithing. Who ate all the Fruit Loops? <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. Nobody respect me in my own house. If $4 hurt you that bad, you got bigger problems, son. You got much bigger problems. But can we tell the truth? Let's just be honest. Let's have an honest moment. Let's have an honest moment. How many of us, all of us, 
whether it's an accusation, an addiction, or an accursed thing, we all have a, okay, if your neighbor's not putting your hand up, they're a liar, so they're in another category. Just look at them and say, lie. No, I'm just joking. Don't do that. 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 They're going to be offended. They better not be. All right. I got number love for you. So here's what the enemy does. He says, I'm going to sow. I'll sow an accusation, an accursed thing, an addiction. Then I'm going to see, or sit rather. Then I'm going to see. Then I'm going to harvest. And I'll be patient. I'll start. I'm, can I go here? No, y'all don't want me. Can I go here? I'll start with WYD. And move to a HRU. Big head. It's quiet in this church. This church is silent. Y'all don't ready for this. Why? Because you're not even realizing what's happening. You're being softened. Great photo. Ain't you married? Shut up. It'll start with, you know she don't like you, right? She never said that. Trust me, I know. Accusation. But y'all ready for the good part? <laughs> y'all ready for the good part? First John 3, 8, where we started. Those things only work if we let them. They only work if we let them. And let's just be honest. How many of us, we've let them work at some point? I have. I, I can tell the truth. I ain't got no problem telling you the truth. Sometimes you'll conclude something before a conversation. You've concluded something about somebody and you ain't even talked to them. An accusation. Addiction. A cursed thing. You ready? First John 3, 8. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works. What are his works? His devices. His designs. God says, I came to wipe all that away. Now leave it there. Leave it there. I came to get rid of all of that. And the only way it works is if you Go pick it up. This is what I'm used to, though. This, this is what I'm familiar with, though. Thank you. And God says, What? 
came to remove all of that. And you keep putting it back in place. This is like paranormal activity. How did it get back there? You keep picking up accusations, addictions, curse things. Satan says, how good am I that I beat you with no weapons? I'm going to make you mad now. Ooh, you're going to praise him now. You're going to give God glory now. Watch this. Satan's like, how good am I? You talk your Christian talk. You do your Christian dance. You do your when we fight, we win. You do all of your clapping your hands and all your little Christian stuff. But I beat you and didn't even have no weapon. I got you. And I didn't even have nothing in my hands. You laid it out for me. Somebody shout, no more. That is not how you shout it. What you mean is shout, no more. Shout it again, no more. For this reason was the Son of God sent to destroy every accusation, every addiction, every accursed thing. Now, for everybody in here that says everything I've given up to the enemy voluntarily, I'm going to need that back. I need you to put a praise in this atmosphere like you believe that. Come on and shout, Winston. Come on and give him glory, Winston. I'm going to need my stuff back. I'm going to need my joy back. I'm going to need my peace back. I'm going to need my money back. I'm going to need my family back. Somebody say, I want it back. Say, I want it back. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, 
I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.